We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Paloma with me today, as always, here on uh, this Thursday morning. Thanks for making us a part of your week. We'll talk about some uh, new uh, Bitcoin news that Martin was just telling me about. I think he was talking in Portuguese. I'm not exactly sure, so I'll, I'll let, let him talk to you guys as well, and you can see if you can decipher that. It's actually a funny conversation, Martin. Uh, Chase Parham and I were having this conversation, not on the show, but like after a show or during a show. I was like, hey, man, do you got any Bitcoin? Because I was looking at some story about how Bitcoin, some what I think you're probably about to try to explain to me again. Uh, and he's like, no, I don't understand it. And I thought, whew, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that still doesn't get kind of how it works. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about markets. We'll talk about what's in the news. For the next 30, 45 minutes, whatever the case may be. First, I want to tell you real quickly about Clark Ford, because I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. Maybe just kind of what you've got in mind. It's a weird car market right now. You may have heard there are some supply and demand issues out there, some supply chain issues that are real. So. um Corey can help you, and he will. I'll give you a quote as well, 662-257-1900. And, Martin, before we get rolling, tell the people about Pinnacle. Indeed, man. Um, glad to be back. This kind of feels – it's funny. I've said this several times, and that really is true, man. This kind of feels like the normal part of my week when I'm having a conversation with you on a on a Thursday morning because things have been, you know, anything but normal, uh, you know, around here, especially, you know, as we've – We've been going through this conversion, you know, converting from a <clears throat> from a trust company, which is a bank entity regulated like a bank, to a registered investment advisor, which is what we've really looked, act, and quack like since since day one, and you know, governed by the 
the SEC, which the SEC will talk about when we talk about the Bitcoin stuff too. Um, you know, SEC is the big watchdog. They're the police for, um, for all things investment related. And, but it's because that's what they do, you know, every day. So, uh, it has been, uh, man, we are, we, the light at the end of the tunnel is, is there and I can see the outline of the train. Uh, and it is not oncoming. It is just waiting for us to, to pull off to happy destiny. So, um, and I'm really looking forward to all of the things that, uh, that we've enhanced for our clients. One of the cool things that we, we have that it's funny, I think it's cool because it's new to us, but it's like normal for everyone else is, uh, is we have an app, man, you can go in the app store or the Google play store and download, you know, the, my pen wealth app. And if, of course, if you don't have an account with us, it, you can look at it and it's pretty, but, uh, it won't do anything for you, but it's kind of cool for, for our clients to, uh, you know, to, to have that access, you know, should they need it. And, um, anyway, you know, for folks that have been doing, you know, doing this investing piece alone all year long, um, or, you know, you've got a chunk saved and you don't know whether you're on or, or off track for, you know, whatever your life goals are, that's really where, we add the most value for clients, not the, you know, quote unquote stock jockeying stuff. Uh, although we are really good at that. I'll toot our horn there too. Um, so if you've been doing it by yourself or, you know, you've been talking to, to the spouse and she's like, look, I'm not cool with everything being in your head. I want to know we're okay. Give us a call 601-957-0323. Uh, or you can email us at info at my P I N N wealth.com. All right. So, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with the, your Bitcoin news that you were going to explain to me? Try again, just this time in English. I will do my best in English, but I'm going to go super ADD real quick. Cause I just saw it flash across a screen. So I was down all weekend with a really bad sinus infection. We talked about a little bit pre-show and, um, have you watched or seen the squid game stuff no i haven't so here's why i've had people tell me and I, I've, I've told you this before i have nightmare issues um, oh i have okay. bad nightmare issues and um dark stuff sometimes will cause me to have really horrific nightmares that freak me out right don't sleep for a couple of days and so i've had some people who are friends of mine who know me have uh, warned me not to watch it. So I haven't yeah, watched it. I would it. say, I would say do not watch it, man. It is, it is pretty dark. Yeah. Um, I've had, I've had kind people, of, people who sort of understand my mental health and the way that it works. This is something I did not discover until I was in my forties. That some of that stuff really triggered a lot of things for me. And so like even something is, you'll laugh at this. Okay. And, I, and I'll freely admit that this makes me a, a, a weird person. Okay. So I, there's, there's, it's okay to make fun. But like the Hunger Games, yeah. My daughters love Campbell, especially loved the Hunger Games, yeah. And it uh it did a number on me. I can't I can't watch it. Everyone knows I, I lost a bet, um, and I had to watch uh, Breaking Bad from start to finish. And I know Breaking Bad's awesome, and and I enjoyed it, if you will. But when Breaking Bad finally ended, I was so thankful. I I went and watched The Office like twice <laughs> after uh, to 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 counteract uh, all of the violence and gruesomeness. Yeah, to sort of purge it because Breaking Bad's dark, 
And uh, yeah, so I no, I haven't. I, I've had a lot of people talk. I've heard people talk about how great it is, and 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 obviously it's a it's a uh, pop culture sensation at this point. But but no, I haven't watched it, and that's why. And I realize that makes me weak and a complete loser, no, and I get it, it. But it doesn't, man. It makes the, it know thyself, right? Yeah, I think so. Rest I, in peace. Rest in peace, Socrates. Yeah. There was our Ted Lasso quote for the day. I think. Um, I think that. I is, mean, I don't, Ben, I don't think there's anything wrong with protecting your mental health i think that that's pretty that's prudent uh you know and different things trigger different scenarios and situations and dude this is it is dark i I didn't even know anything about this this show and um i was literally felt like i was laying on my deathbed on sunday and monday and all i had was a sinus infection i i would have told you i, I had a breakthrough infection of covid and they were sending me directly to the morgue because i was gonna die and and i'm I'm not a, okay, maybe I am a little bit of a baby when I'm sick, but like, I just, it's not in me to just sit around the house and do nothing because I'm so unmedicated ADD. I have to be doing something. And I literally did not move from Sunday after church until, until Monday night. And I, I guess my body just needed the rest and the fluids, but I did, uh, I watched some of it. And I was just like, holy crap, man, this is, this is really, really dark. Um, the storyline was actually pretty intriguing, um, but it was really dark. And so and anyway, I said all that to say, you know, Netflix just killed earnings, you know, um, their earnings call recently. And they talked about how shows like Squid Game, uh, you know, that I think they made it for like, I think it was $20 million. Don't quote me on it. I think it was, they made it for 20 million and it, and it's produced 990 million of, of additional revenue. Oh, wow. Um, for them, which is just, I mean, huge, huge return on, on investment. And, um, you know, one of the things that I was reading about it was just the global reach. And if you think about Netflix, I mean, think about how brilliant they have been, go all the way back to the very beginning, you know, of Netflix, you know, let's go early two thousands. You log in onto your computer, you know, you have a subscription for either one, two or three DVDs that can be mailed to you at a time. And then you select all your movies and put them in a queue. And then they mail you a DVD, you watch it, you mail it back and then they send you a new one. Right. And then now, you know, the, digital content delivered immediately, but they don't have the costs of having to warehouse DVDs or postage or the time spent from, you know, getting things to and from. I mean, the, the shift that they made was from a business standpoint, totally, totally brilliant. I mean, but they started off as a, a DVD warehouse, right? And I mean, and now they're, they've picked, I think they picked up like they said like first part of the year, uh, first half of the year is like 5.5 million new subscribers. And then in the third quarter by itself, and they this is their saying attributed to the whole Squid Game thing, they picked up like four and a half million new subscribers in three months. So almost the same exact amount, you know, over the first half of the year. And, uh, and dude, they're killing it. If you can make something for 20 million and generate 900, you know, almost a billion dollars of, of revenue on it. That's a, 
that's a great. That's well done for sure. A great. Yeah, it's well done, dude. And so the funny thing too with so this is a Korean show, and the overdubs are just awful. Um, but it's kind of like one of those train wrecks that it's like it's so bad you just can't you can't stop <laughs> watching it. You know, and of course their mouths are moving and mouthing Korean words and there's and and I watch things with subtitles. And then so the overdub and what's being posted in the subtitle don't even <laughs> they don't they don't even match a lot of times. It's like the the overdub in English says something and then the subtitles reads out something it's usually was was more uh you know uh like more cuss words and and things like that so it was it was really interesting to watch but i mean this thing is a global a global hit which also kind of makes me wonder it's like man where are we as a world a global society that you know this essentially murder for game you know show is is the number one show and in the world. You know, I tell people this, I tell people this all the time. I love the wall street journal. It's my, it's, it's, it's kind of my one, um, publication I go to because I know it, I know it, it leans right supposedly, but it doesn't feel like I'm watching the Sean Hannity show or something. And yet I feel like I'm getting, uh, but anyway, they have a story, uh, should it's by, uh, Anne Marie Chaker, Chaker, give her credit i'm if uh, you're listening to this mr and mrs chucker i'm sorry that we got your daughter's name wrong but she's doing a bang up <laughs> job a great at job. the wall street journal congratulations uh, it says netflix's squid game has parents asking should you let your kids watch this is kids are coming home begging to watch the violent korean thriller for some parents trying to block it entirely is a battle not worth fighting it's interesting i mean all the all the kids were watching this and it's uh so it's it's the most watched most watched show on Netflix. Um, um, I one I one hundred percent would. I don't know if Christopher said, "Hey, Dad," which he already has watched it. So, and I didn't even know, you know, I didn't even know about it. I would I would be like, dude. I mean, you're eighteen years old. Okay, you're gonna make your decisions, but. There is no way in hell I would let, you know, Gia, my second grader. Do you do you control what even, your kids watch? Because I mean, that's they have if they have a phone, the world is their oyster unless you set up controls. We we never did on on mine, and I don't know if that's the right way or the wrong way. I don't know what my kids watch. It was a decision that was kind of made organically by us yeah. that we would. I don't even know my kids' passwords. I couldn't get into their phones if I wanted to, and I don't. I, and I'm sure they watch things that I would prefer they not watch. But I, we we've just never we've never uh, parented that way. Which is, I'm, and again, I'm not saying that's that's right or wrong. Yeah, with with Gia, um, I do have all the restrictions on, like, you know, her iPad or whatever it is that, which is it's usually the iPad that, you know, that she'll have in her head and she's man the, the funniest thing about Gia um it, and this is totally it just blows my mind because this was you know I sound like my parents now you know like oh I can't believe you did that as a kid when I was a kid we did blah blah sure but so Gia her little best friend who's just a great little girl great family they literally live 
you know, four or five houses down from us. And I could, well, I couldn't, I suck at, at golf, but like a good golfer could hit a golf ball from my house to their house very easily. And Gia and Emma will play Roblox together and they go explore all of these different, you know, towns and scenarios with Roblox and they like drive riding each other's car, and, but they're FaceTiming each other while they are playing Roblox together so they can see their avatars on the screen and then they're FaceTiming each other. And then when Emma will come spend the night at our house or, and I'm sure same when Gia goes and spends the night at their house, they will literally play Roblox together, standing, sitting right next to each other, but playing in a virtual world. I'm like, dude, why don't you guys just play like for real? But, um, but Emma does have, she has this really cool swing in her front yard and Gia loves swinging on it. So they do get a little bit of, you know, non-screen outside playtime that she likes. But, you know, if you said, Hey, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you prefer to do? She, she wants to play in Roblox with, with Emma and FaceTimer. It's the craziest thing, man. That is crazy. And then Christopher and Bella, you know, they're, they're teenagers. So they're all in, they're all into their friends and hanging out with their friends, which is, which is cool. But I, I don't, um, which, you know, that's my style of parenting is, it sounds a lot like yours. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't monitor, which may make me a, you know, a less informed parent about my, my kids, but I don't, I don't monitor their, their stuff. Although Christopher, Christopher did get in trouble. Um, kind of a funny story. I won't go into the details. He got in trouble. It was probably about, I don't know, seven years ago. He ended up on a, on a really raunchy site and he clicked something where they locked his screen down and were trying to extort, you know, money from him. Oh yeah. Um, and for like three or four days, uh, he was trying to figure out how to get this thing off of his screen and he finally melted down. And this, I mean, it was funny. He was probably, he was probably 10 years old, 11 years old, melted down and came to me and he's like, dad, my phone is broken. I was like, what? Let me see this. So I look and I look at the screen. I know exactly how he ended up, <laughs> you know, with a extorted screen. Apple actually helped me totally reset the phone to where it would unlock and he didn't have to pay. You know, we didn't get extorted or anything, but you know, he was looking up some, some raunchy, some raunchy stuff. And we had, we just had talks about it. And, uh, I mean, it's just, know. it's, it's so hard being a kid now compared to when we were kids. Yeah. I mean, you know, dude, I, I mean, like, 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 like we would just stash magazines in the woods. Well, yeah. So like, you know, I'm, I'm, my son's 15. He just turned 15. And I think about when I was 15 or maybe a little younger than 15. I mean, I didn't have, the things at my fingertips that he does. No. Uh-uh. I mean, you know, you had to, I'm sure really that, had to I'm work. sure I had you the had same to- curiosities or he has the same curiosities or maybe frankly, they don't, um, that, that we did at that age. Um, they don't have to be curious. They sort of know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, you, you, you knew somebody who, I mean, the closest thing I had to anything, quote, bad, end quote, was the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to Paulina Poroskova, uh, Kathy Ireland, Christy oh, Kathy Brinkley. Ireland, um, she was uh, 
she was definitely one of my one of my crushes as a teenage boy. I, I treated you all inappropriately, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I hope that one day you can forgive me. Um, but no, I mean, you know, I, I had a neighbor, Neil Fuller, whose dad had a stash of Playboys. Yeah, that was so. That was we had the one family who's like dad, you know, had the the stash that was hidden, but you know, one of my buddies found it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and we would go. We would take like one at a time and go hide it in the woods. Yeah, so that he wouldn't and, miss that one. You're like, gosh, I hope this isn't his favorite. Uh, <laughs> right. <It> would, <laughs> hope this isn't his go-to. Because, <laughs> you know, it was funny because it's like just the difference of the access that that not just kids, everyone has on their phones now is, you know, is, is unbelievable. It's like if if you want to see whatever you want to see, it's there. You can You can see it. Um, we really had to work hard and then, you know, it's kind of like almost like a sandlot type thing where we would all be surrounding the magazine laying on the floor in the woods and we're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think kids now have a whoa. I mean, they've seen everything. So yeah. So to, to make the point, you know, I think, like, you know, I, think sensitized, man. I think, yeah, I think young people could watch that show and they sort of, ah, this isn't real. And they, you know, watch it. For the entertainment value as opposed to, I don't know, for me, it just, you know, I, I don't even know that I'm making any sense. So I, I'm sure, like, I, I bet if I were to ask my kids, have you watched it? Two of the three would say, yeah, I've watched some of it. That would be my guess. I just haven't, yeah. I haven't ever brought it up. Well, dude, it is, it is, it is, it is pretty violent. It's, um, and it kind of is violent into the, you know, Hunger Games-ish type because it's a game um you know where it's these people are you know well i'm not gonna say kidnapped they they are quote-unquote kidnapped but they willfully participate um and there's a whole storyline behind it but it's it does kind of have a little bit of an interesting story um you know if you can look past all of the all of the violence um but anyway, sorry we got sidetracked on that. I I went down the rabbit hole, but it is relative to, you know, to to investing because the earnings for Netflix were just, I mean, they murdered it. I pardon the, the oh, pun. sure. <laughs> all right, so let me let me ask you a question speaking of earnings and all of those things. The 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 markets are good. Yep. Um yet a lot of economic a lot of like you hear people say, "Man, the economy sucks right now." I know the unemployment's down and all of that, but the cost of goods is high. Um, there's people in my Twitter timeline today talking about how and there's pictures of twi- of uh, targets all over the the country, and the, and the sh- shelves are empty. And um, here we are. It's about two months and four days or so till Christmas. So it's about a month until the the heat of the Christmas shopping season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so it, it's probably going to be a different Christmas this year. So how will that how will that impact the markets and 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 uh, fourth quarter earnings and and all of that stuff in the retail sector? How do you what do you sort of anticipate? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, man. I hadn't really even thought about it. So as we talk about this, this is literally me forming opinions, you know, on the spot. But we can just kind of walk through it because you're because you're not wrong. I mean, there's gonna there's gonna be an impact because so like most retailers, the a, a large chunk of their annual revenue comes, you know, in these last three months. 
of of the year and it's kind of the you know it's it is it's the money maker um and there are a lot of things that are there there are a lot of things i think people are going to have to be a little more creative with christmas this year if you're gifting like stuff um you know and the big the big publicly traded you know retailers like the targets um you know the walmarts you're probably going to see some impact to to revenue and sales in fourth quarter um you know just because there is a supply chain you know glut but like one of one of our ladies who works here i brought her with me to pinnacle she's uh she's phenomenal and she is the <laughs> makes my brain operate but her mother is is an artist and you know and i think for her this might be a better christmas season for her because you know she doesn't have the you know her her canvas her painting is not in a container sitting in los angeles harbor you know or if you have like i think it might be for local for local retailers that are not you know super dependent on getting pre-made stuff sent to them it could be an opportunity for the mom and pops to to really win you know this holiday season um and and i think it's going to be different for for a lot of families and our family and i said this on the show before so it for us i don't think there's going to be much there i don't think there's going to be a big difference in christmas for my family this year because we we don't do stuff for christmas we do a trip you know so like the kids will unwrap you know what a what trip they're going to get to go on this year and then i do um, you know, small little trips with the kids, you know, individually too. And I mean, we get them a couple of things like, you know, Christopher will get some shirts and jeans that he wants. And, um, so those things will, will very likely, um, you know, kind of stay the same, but I think, you know, what may end up happening, this is me going off the cuff too, is this may be a year where there's a whole lot more gift cards for Christmas waiting for, you know, and they may not actually purchase the goods until, you know, first or second quarter next year. Yeah. That's I, just think, kinda, I think there will be a lot of that. Um, that's kind of my off the cuff opinion. man. The other potential nightmare for the Christmas season, the holiday season is there are rumblings out there that the U S postal service will have a, a large number of people walk off the job. If there's a vaccine mandate. Uh, yeah. And I mean, there, I can, and there's already see that, there's already mail issues. I mean, like the the Mem- if any any mail that goes through Memphis, it still hasn't recovered from the start of the pandemic. Wow, I mean, you just you can't get people to work apparently, and so uh, mail that like uh, next day, like I'll give you an example. I, Caroline, my daughter, runs a, um, a spray tan business of of hers. And um, she had a uh, a product shortage, and I needed to get some some uh, solution to her, the spray tan solution or whatnot. I've never gotten a spray tan, but I'm I'm learning the business. Um, <laughs> that being said, so There's I, money in the liquid. So I called a, a company in California. I called them directly, and I set her up with a, a corporate account, and um, to get it shipped, and I paid the 50 bucks or whatever for overnight. And they gave me a guarantee of the next day by noon. 
it's like $57 or something. And um, I, or, I went ahead and ordered enough of it to make it worthwhile. But the point was, so it ships out of California. And I asked the, the woman at the, um, at, the, at the establishment, I said, do you know what route it takes? And she didn't. And looking back, I should have had it done FedEx or UPS or something mm-hmm. because it went to Memphis and it sat in Memphis. And it didn't get to Fayetteville in time. It got there, I don't know, 48 hours late because it sat in Memphis. Because my understanding is that the the, the, the people in, in Memphis, once the shift is up, that's that. There's no overtime. They don't have enough people to do it. And so if you if you add a, a uh, postal worker, what would essentially be a walkout, not a strike necessarily, but a walkout or whatever you want to call it, that'll be problematic as well. I mean, for yeah. people who depend on Amazon and things of that nature, it's there's so much going on in government right now with with the with the pandemic, with the uh, this this package that Biden and the Democrats are wanting to get passed, and and with Joe Manchin threatening to go independent. There's so much happening as we approach 2022 and midterm elections. And it's, it's just fa- it's a fascinating time. It really is. It's a, where we are as a culture, as a society. I know this is supposed to be a financial show, and I, and, and I try to honor that. But, boy, there are so many things that are out there that are um, so huge right now. Like, I think people will look back in history when we're long gone and and talk about this period of time. I mean, this will be an entire topic in history classes, the 2020s. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And I think there will be another quote-unquote industrial revolution out of this. And maybe we won't call it industrial. Maybe it'll be a, you know, a technological revolution that'll come out of this. Uh, you know, and... Uh, and Elon Musk is already pushing that way. I mean, Jeff Bezos is too. It's, you know, their drone, quote unquote, drone delivery system, which I know probably a, a ways away from that being a, you know, just a, a regular thing for, um, for Amazon. But, you know, then, then you don't have to worry about, you know, if, if the U S postal service jacks it up or not. And then, you know, uh, Elon Musk is two things that he's doing that, and that guy's brilliant and he's, he's crazy, um, but he's brilliant, you know, with, with trying to automate trucks to be able to run, you know, kind of nonstop, um, with, with automated, you know, automated driving, which I know we're probably, you know, a little ways away from that, but, but he's, he's already, he's already doing it. He's already testing it. It's not that that technology isn't there. It's, it's here. It just hasn't been, you know, approved by DOT or, or anything like that. But I mean, that's a, that's a solution to, you know, a lot of the logistical issues we have. And then one of the things I was listening to the Volkswagen CEO, um, and I don't know if we talked about this or not. Um, last week, I can't remember the Volkswagen CEO was talking about how they are repurposing old chips to, because there's the, you know, the shortage of semiconductors or, or chips for, for their cars they're repurposing old chips and rewriting. And I don't, I'm saying something, I have no idea how this actually happens, but like rewriting the, 
code and technology in those chips to refurbish them to, you know, to help with the supply issue. And they said, you know, Musk is way ahead of the game on everyone else. And that's why, you know, he's not having as much issues with his 100% computerized vehicle versus, you know, our gas guzzlers that just have a computer that, you know, help it run. So I think, I think there will be a lot of things that come out of this and we may not see the impact for, you know, for five years or, you know, it could even be 10, but when there's a pain point, someone is going to exploit it. And an entrepreneur is going to, going to exploit that and make a business out of it and make money. And that's just, you know, say, let's roll back to Netflix. No different than Netflix. They, they found a, you know, a solution for entertainment. And then they gave you all the entertainment you want at your fingertips. You know, when there's an opportunity to, uh, to exploit something, there's going to be an entrepreneur there that's, that's going to do it. So, I mean, dude, finance is the wet part of the ocean. It, it's everything. Um, you know, you can talk about anything you want to, and we can pull it back to, you know, how it relates to finance. We're just, we're, we're coming up on a really just interesting time that I think is going to impact the next 50 years plus. And, and I don't think that's an overdramatic statement. I mean, I'm just, just reading, no, I don't think so reading where we are right now. Like I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. This is Eliza Collins and uh, Tarini Party. Uh, if uh, you're Tarini's parents, we mispronounced that. I apologize. <laughs> uh Democrats in Washington remain divided over the scope of President Biden's expansive domestic policy agenda, but their voters, both moderates and progressives, have largely rallied around the push to increase government spending and say they worry lawmakers will fail to come to an agreement. Negotiations gained momentum this week after Biden, in meetings with Democratic lawmakers, identified programs that would likely be cut or shortened in the final bill. To trim cost, party leaders said they could have a framework for a deal by week's end. Though many major provisions and how to pay for them, how to pay for them, remain under discussion. Several recent polls bolstered by interviews with more than 50 Democratic voters across six swing states in recent weeks indicate broad party support for legislation to expand social safety net programs and pass measures aimed at mitigating the effects of climate change. As an... All right, sorry about I'm that. Just we had a little uh, for a technical issue. I was reading here. Martin we'll from back. the Wall Street Journal. I'll, I'll kind of wrap this here. It talks about how you know this this um, this deal's being negotiated. You know about Joe Manchin and and maybe switching parties and all that. Um, the Democrats have a, a majority right now. Why don't they pull the trigger? Said Andre Edmonds, a 35 year old welder from West Palm Beach, Florida. If they don't get it done, Donald Trump is going to be president. Goes on to say Trump hasn't decided about whether to run. It's it's this interesting time because they, the Democrats who are smart understand that typically midterm elections go to the party not in power, and uh, they always do. And they did in, yep. for Clinton. They did for George W. Bush. They did for Barack Obama. It's just what they do, and it's almost certainly going to happen here because the Democrats have had a rough year. Um, yeah, well, and you know, the things that you were, that you would say when we were going through the general election, which I think are totally applicable to today, you would say voters, you know, you, I just remember you saying this so clearly voters are going, looking at themselves going, am I better off today than I was two years ago or four years ago? That's yeah. going to be hard for people to say, you know, especially the middle class and the lower class. 
with, you know, gas prices where they are, you know, food with inflation in the food, um, you know, in grocery stores and stuff too. It's going to be hard for people to say I'm better off than I was, you know, two years ago or four years ago. You know, it's a surprising thing about Democrats and, 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 and really, frankly, both parties have something weird going on right now for the Democrats. Here's what's weird. Okay. There are some things that I think they could get past that would be wildly popular domestically that would help them in the midterm elections and forward. I mean, and I'm, I'm reading from this story. It's about expanded paid and, and, and uh, family and medical leave, yep. pre-K for every three- and four-year-old, an expansion of Medicare benefits. Those are things that a lot of moderates are for. Um, but they're getting hung up on climate change. And a lot of moderates look at that and go, hey, wait a minute. They're not doing that in India, in China. What are we doing? And a lot of people who maybe you're moderate, maybe slightly right of moderate, but aren't Donald Trump kind of people go, hold up. We're going to drop how much on climate change stuff, creating more problems? And then on the other side, you've got the Republicans who, let's face it, let's be honest, the president's weak. He's wildly unpopular. His numbers are are uh, very bad. The vice president's numbers are worse. People can't stand her. And yet, the Republicans, instead of going, hey, you know what, let's find us a center-right candidate who's strong on a lot of these things, who uh, isn't who's who's more palatable and let's let's go with him or her instead the republicans seem absolutely dead set on doing a uh a, a rewrite and bringing donald trump back in 2024 and donald trump motivates the left uh they they turn out to vote against him yep rather than running a i don't know if it's a desantis or or someone or like yeah. yeah someone who is more palatable, who, yeah, they don't like him, but they don't hate him enough to to, to get motivated. Um, it's interesting to watch the two parties, and I, and I grant that it's late 2021. There's lots of time. Right. Lots of time. But, boy, that's, that certainly seems where we're headed today. And and um, you've got a, a one president who ran on, I'm going to bring the country back together, I'm going to unite, who is one of the most divisive presidents in history being uh possibly going to run in a as a set what, what will biden be 82 running against a a 78 year old former president who absolutely was one of the most divisive presidents in american history and and i think some people look at it and go how does our country sort of keep going from all of this it's like it's just like earthquake after earthquake and you you see the way that the different parts of the country completely handle where we are on COVID. Um, what is it? 20 months later. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, packed football stadiums in the South. Yeah. 102,000 people in Knoxville the other day. Yep. 102,000 bottles people. flying everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, 100, 102,000 people. And so, you know, that the bars were packed before the oh, restaurants yeah. were t- uh, packed before. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially with a late night game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. God, that game went on. It was the game that would never end. I, oh I do gosh. wonder how. And I won't, I won't get us off on that. Yeah, I wonder how the. Uh, I, I do. I, I, and then you watch Walensky or whatever her name is 
with the CDC say, even after kids are vaccinated, they should wear masks. And it's like, do we live in different places? I mean, what, I mean in, in, it, yes. it's like different time warps or something. It's a bizarre thing, man. It's, it's weird. It's, uh, it's, you know, the president and the Democrats want this $3.5 million package. Um, Biden has floated a $2 trillion package as a compromise. Joe uh, Manchin of West Virginia, who won't win if he votes for that. Uh, Kristen Sinema of Arizona, who won't win if she votes for that. They're like, no, let's get it to 1.5. Let's just do what we need to do. Need let's to. stop yep. revolutionizing. And then you have the the press secretary, uh, Jen Psaki, say, no, we, we want, you know, we want this to we want to basically, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, use the pandemic as a machine, if you will, to uh, change the economy, to change the country. And I just don't think that's sustainable. And so I wonder what, where we're going and economically, where this goes. And I've, I've, I've heard people say, it's probably teasing a, a future show. I've heard people say the only thing that has disguised where we're headed, which is kind of to a, an economic depression, is all of the stimulus money that got put into the system when that money, quote, runs out, end quote. And I don't really know how that works. But reality is going to set in. And it's and that makes you wonder, this $3.5 trillion, is it just another Band-Aid on top of a wound that is going to require surgery? Yeah, I mean... And this is not me being a, a smart ass at all, but has that money not already run out? I don't know. I mean, yes. I mean, I guess it's still circulating in some ways, but, you know, I mean, the way it was done was rushed. Um, you know, and that was Trump. This isn't me ripping on Biden. It was the way it was done was rushed and they did another one. And now Biden wants to do more and it, at, at some point, you know, you got to have a you you got to have a come to Jesus moment if you will where things have to get adjusted. You can't you know, you you can't turn around and say the economy's great and and what used to cost $50 at the gas pump now costs 90. You can't say the economy's great when that uh hamburger that you used to buy for 6.99 a pound is now 9.99 a pound or 10.99 a pound. And then you know, the answer can't be, well, hey, you know what you ought to do is just stop eating meat. And that was one of the things that came out. And then the second thing was, you know, maybe we just need to lower our expectations. They literally wrote that in the Washington Post. Maybe we and should. Dude, and things always swing. Um, they never settle exactly in. But this know, is what yeah, concerns people like me. Pendulum. This is what concerns people like me is that you're right. We have these swings, and I had a friend tell me this late 2020 who's a, who's a, um, a political person. He said, you know, the, the, the problem with Trump followed by Biden, said, you know, Biden's going to be kind of a puppet. Biden's going to swing too far to the left. He said, and if you think about a pendulum in the real world, you know, if the pendulum just kind of moves to the left, when, it's, when it corrects, it just kind of moves to the right. But if you speed it up one way or the other, like you move it far to the right, yeah, it swings extremes. up. When it comes down, it comes down hard yep. and back to the left, and it goes. And it takes a long time to find up. But then you know, when it, it it gets to its peak, 
the momentum. I wonder, like, if the pendulum just keeps swinging like this, it feels like you've got to find a way to slow the damn pendulum down where it's back, you know, kind of controlled down there at the bottom, a little to the left, a little to the right, a little to the left, a little to the right, but it's it's always kind of self-correcting. It feels like that's not what we have right now. No, no, the pendulum is definitely way too you know, to one side. I mean, and we can just look at oil as the great barometer, you know, for that. When we were talking in 20, well, I guess was it 20, 2019 ish oil was struggling to break out of, you know, the twenties, $20 a barrel, which is not sustainable for the energy sector. They, they can't, you know, earn a living. They can't, you know, pay people, they can't, they can't turn a profit, but you know, and I, and I've heard, Oh, oil's going to 110. It's like, no, that's, that's, that is way too far. And I will stand by that. I think seven seventy to $75 a barrel is, is really kind of the sweet spot. You know, at $70 a barrel gas was two twenty five two thirty. you know, at, at at eighty at eighty eighty five dollars a barrel gas is three bucks at one hundred and ten it's four dollars a gallon and then what'll just happen is you know the people say okay well I mean I'm just going to conserve and I'll use less demand will fall and prices will you know will fall too uh, and and I, I really think we made a mistake with with um with becoming an ex uh, an importer of oil again but. And that's not my politics. That's just my no. There's no. There's no doubt. Common we did. sense. There's no doubt we did. So. It's common sense. It speaks. I mean, it's common sense. It's one of the. It's one of the things Trump was doing well. Um, and and Biden stopped it immediately. It was one of the first things that Biden did. It was, um, yeah. you know, and, and and it was a moment. It reminds me. There was a moment in the camp. It's why I hate my profession. I hate them. I hate them. I hate the mainstream media these days. I'm not saying that that this that they were in the tank though. They were in the tank. There was a moment in one of the campaigns when Biden exactly said this. He said he was going to shut down the pipeline. Yep. He was going to shut down domestic production of, of oil and gas and all that. And Trump stopped him and said, whoa, wait a minute. What did you just say? Did you just say what I think you said? And the media never touched it. The media never went there. The, the, no one doubled down. No one said, wait a minute. Uh, at that point, Mr. Vice President, you just said, what does that mean? Because that would have been an interesting thing where as a country you make a decision, right? Is that what we want? Do we want to be dependent on foreign oil? Or do we want, do we, do we really understand what it means for everyone to go to electric cars? Like the electric grids aren't ready for that. No. Think about this. If everybody in your neighborhood has an electric car and at night they're charging their cars. Like I think about my family. When the girls come home this weekend for their fall break, we'll have four cars in our driveway. In a year, when Carson is driving, we'll have five. So if we've got to charge five cars at the end of every day, and I, and I can hear the people going, well, you don't really need five cars. Maybe you should ride a bicycle. Maybe you should eat granola. And I mean, what? You, shut up. Everyone's going to drive a car. And so if, you're, if everyone's charging three to five cars, the power grid, can, can, that, can the grids handle that? In towns like Oxford? I don't think in our current state. I mean, across the nation. 
And so when you, you, know, you our when infrastructure, you, our, our energy and for our power infrastructure is what was it the fifties when? Yes. So we, I think we, uh, have, I think we're I mean, so it's 70, 70 years old. I do, I do not have an optimistic view of the next few years. I think, I think rough times are coming. I do. Um, I think it's why people should absolutely go to places like Pinnacle, go to Pinnacle, because you need someone who understands money. Because this, these, I don't believe everybody just. I think there's a segment of the populace that just thinks it's all going to work out. It's all going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And 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 hey, maybe they're right. I don't share that optimism. I think we're going to go through some serious pain here. The the There'll uh, be some storms the, for sure. The, the climate change stuff, if if it passes, and I, and I have my doubts. If we do some of this stuff and it becomes permanent, it's it's monumental change that is going to include remarkable pain. And I, I I don't I don't know that I don't know that a lot of the career politicians who are passing this legislation understand the real world impact of it. But you know we 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 live in a strange world, man. Like I said, I mean we live in a we live in a we live in a really divided world right now. So uh, you know one person. Yeah. Says it's not about the price tag; it's about the intentions behind it. No, it's about the price tag, yeah. sweetie. Um, it is. It's it, yeah. I can't. I can't feed my family on intentions. No, no. You write that check and write intentions on it, and see how that <laughs> far that gets you. Hey, Neil, can I write you a check with intentions written in the in the in the balance in you, the dollar amount? You can, but there's going to be a phone call that comes yeah. shortly thereafter um, that says, "Hey, we're you can." I'm pulling your ads off of. Yeah. Hey, this is not what we agreed to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap there. Sorry about the problem. You guys, you didn't know it, and you wouldn't know if I didn't talk about it, but there's power issues apparently in Oxford, Mississippi today. Um, power's in and out, and that's what knocked us off. And you'll hear a little of that in the middle because I'm not the greatest editor in the world. But um, anyway, we'll be back next week with another edition of uh, Mind on My Money, again, presented by Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. Martin and the people there do a fantastic job. You do in this age and in any age really want to make sure that there's a professional and group of professionals who are uh, looking out for you in your, your um, unique set of circumstances and helping you manage your money, manage your retirement. And uh, so that you have the peace of mind that comes along with that. So for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Uh, We'll be back next week. Thanks for making us a part of your week until then. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.